European Heart Journal, Issue at a Glance, Volume 43, Issue 19. Focus Issue, Vascular Biology and Medicine, by Editor-in-Chief, Professor Filippo Crea, read to you by Morgan Bryan. New Therapeutic Targets to Reduce Inflammation-Associated Cardiovascular Risk The CCL2-CCR2 axis, LOX1 and IRF5 This issue opens with the special article Twitter promotion is associated with higher citation rates of cardiovascular articles The ESC Journal's randomized study In this contribution, Ricardo Ladieres Lopez from the University of Porto in Portugal and colleagues, Professor Crea among them, indicate that the association between the dissemination of scientific articles on Twitter and online visibility, as assessed by the altmetric score, is still controversial, and the impact on citation rates has never been rigorously addressed for cardiovascular medicine journals using a randomized design. The ESC Journal's study randomized 695 papers published in the ESC Journal family. March 2018 to May 2019, for promotion on Twitter or to a control arm, with no active tweeting from ESC channels, and aimed to assess whether Twitter promotion was associated with an increase in citation rates, primary endpoint, and of the altmetric score. This is the final analysis, including 694 articles. One paper was excluded due to retraction. After a median follow-up of 994 days, Twitter promotion of articles was associated with a 1.12, 95% confidence interval, 1.08 to 1.15, higher rate of citations. And this effect was independent of the type of article. The altmetric score and number of users tweeting were positive predictors of the number of citations. Thus, a social media strategy of Twitter promotion for cardiovascular medicine papers seems to be associated with increased online visibility and higher numbers of citations. This issue has a focus on vascular biology and medicine. Given the role of LDLs as a principal driving force in the development of atherosclerosis, pharmaceutical interventions so far largely focused on LDL-lowering strategies. However, Despite substantial progress in LDL lowering and the control of other risk factors, residual rates of cardiovascular disease remain high, calling for the identification of novel treatment paradigms for atherosclerosis. In a state-of-the-art review article entitled Targeting the CCL2-CCR2 Axis for Atheroprotection, Marios Geographis and colleagues from the Harvard Medical School in Boston, Massachusetts, note that decades of research have established atherosclerosis as an inflammatory disease. Only recently, however, clinical trials provided proof-of-concept evidence for the efficacy of anti-inflammatory strategies with respect to cardiovascular events, thus offering a new paradigm for lowering residual vascular risk. Efforts to target the inflammasome interleukin-1-beta-interleukin-6 pathway have been highly successful, but inter-individual variations in drug response, a lack of reduction in all-cause mortality, and a higher rate of infections also highlight the need for a second generation of anti-inflammatory agents targeting atherosclerosis-specific immune mechanisms while minimizing systemic side effects. 
CC motive chemokine ligand 2 stroke monocyte chemoattractant protein 1, or CCL2 stroke MCP1, orchestrates inflammatory monocyte trafficking between the bone marrow circulation and atherosclerotic plaques by binding to its cognate receptor CCR2. Adding to a strong body of data from experimental atherosclerosis models, a coherent series of recent large-scale genetic and observational epidemiological studies, along with data from human atherosclerotic plaques, highlight the relevance and therapeutic potential of the CCL2 stroke CCR2 axis in human atherosclerosis. Here, the authors summarize experimental and human data, pinpointing the CCL2 stroke CCR2 pathway as an emerging drug target in cardiovascular disease. Furthermore, they contextualize previous efforts to interfere with this pathway, scrutinize approaches of ligand targeting versus receptor targeting, and discuss possible pathway intrinsic opportunities and challenges related to pharmacological targeting of the CCL2 stroke CCR2 axis in human atherosclerotic disease. Experimental studies suggest that increased bone marrow activity is involved in the association between cardiovascular risk factors and inflammation in atherosclerosis. However, human data to support this association are sparse. In a clinical research article entitled Bone Marrow Activation in Response to Metabolic Syndrome and Early Atherosclerosis, Anna Devesa and colleagues from the ICANN School of Medicine at Mount Sinai in New York, USA, studied the association between cardiovascular risk factors, bone marrow activation, and subclinical atherosclerosis. Whole-body vascular 18F fluorodeoxyglucose positron emission tomography stroke magnetic resonance imaging, or 18F FDG PET stroke MRI, was performed in 745 apparently healthy individuals, median age 50 years, 84% men, from the progression of early subclinical atherosclerosis, or PASA, study. Bone marrow activation, defined as bone marrow 18F FDG uptake above the median maximal standardized uptake value, was assessed in the lumbar vertebrae, L3 to L4. Systemic inflammation was indexed from circulating biomarkers. Early atherosclerosis was evaluated by arterial metabolic activity by 18F FDG uptake in five vascular territories. Late atherosclerosis was evaluated by fully formed plaques on MRI. Subjects with bone marrow activation more frequently had metabolic syndrome, or METS, 22.2 versus 6.7%, P being less than 0.001. Bone marrow activation was significantly associated with all METS components. Bone marrow activation was also associated with increased hematopoiesis, characterized by significantly elevated leukocyte, mainly neutrophil and monocytes, and erythrocyte counts, and with markers of systemic inflammation, including high-sensitivity C-reactive protein, ferritin, fibrinogen, P-selectin, and vascular cell adhesion molecule 1. The associations between bone marrow activation and METES and its components and increased erythropoiesis were maintained in the subgroup of participants with no systemic inflammation. Bone marrow activation was significantly associated with high arterial metabolic activity, 18F FDG uptake. 
The co-occurrence of bone marrow activation and arterial 18F-FDG uptake was associated with more advanced atherosclerosis, i.e. plaque presence and burden. Deveza et al. conclude that bone marrow activation is associated with early atherosclerosis, characterized by high arterial metabolic activity. Bone marrow activation appears to be an early phenomenon in atherosclerosis development. The contribution is accompanied by an editorial by Peter Libby and Matthias Nerendorf from the Harvard Medical School in Boston, Massachusetts, USA, and Philip Schwierski from the Icahn School of Medicine at Mount Sinai in New York, USA. Libby and colleagues conclude that overall, this important study provides key translational support for the burgeoning findings in mice that implicate altered bone marrow function and enhanced hematopoiesis as a previously unrecognized driver of atherogenesis in humans. This new work from Pazer validates concepts that have emerged from recent laboratory experiments. The production of inflammatory leukocytes in hematopoietic organs has emerged as a newly recognized mechanism promoting cardiovascular diseases. This primary prevention study in PASER provides us with novel information gleaned from assessment of a marker of bone marrow activation in humans. We have a new therapeutic target on the horizon in cardiovascular prevention, mitigating mischief in the bone marrow. Hypogonadism is associated with cardiovascular disease. However, the cardiovascular impact of hypogonadism during development is unknown. In a clinical research article entitled Vascular Dysfunction and Increased Cardiovascular Risk in Hyperspadius, Angela Lucas-Herald and colleagues from the University of Glasgow in the United Kingdom note that using hyperspadius as a surrogate of hypogonadism, they investigated whether hyperspadius is associated with vascular dysfunction and is a risk factor for cardiovascular disease. This human study spanned molecular mechanistic and epidemiological investigations. Clinical vascular phenotyping was performed in adolescents with hyperspadius and controls. Small subcutaneous arteries from penile skin from boys undergoing hyperspadius repair and controls were isolated and functional studies were assessed by myography. Vascular smooth muscle cells were used to assess Rho kinase reactive oxygen species, or ROS, nitric oxide synthase stroke nitric oxide, and DNA damage. Systemic oxidative stress was assessed in plasma and urine. In adolescents with hyperspadius, systolic blood pressure, P equaling 0.005, pulse pressure, P equaling 0.03, and carotid intermedia thickness standard deviation scores, P equaling 0.01, were increased as compared with controls. Arteries from boys with hyperspadius demonstrated increased U46619 induced vasoconstriction, P equaling 0.009, and reduced acetylcholine induced endothelial dependent, P being less than 0.0001, and sodium nitroprusside induced endothelium independent vasorelaxation. P being less than 0.0001. Men born with hyperspadius were at increased risk of arrhythmia. Odds ratio 2.8, 95% confidence interval 1.4 to 5.6, P equaling 0.003. Hypertension, odds ratio 4.2, 95% confidence interval 1.5 to 11.9, P equaling 0.04. 
and heart failure, odds ratio 1.9, 95% confidence interval 1.7 to 114.3, P equaling 0.02. Underlying mechanisms involve perturbed rho kinase and NOx5 stroke ROS dependent signaling. Lucas Herold et al. conclude that hyperspadius is associated with vascular dysfunction and predisposes to hypertension and cardiovascular disease in adulthood. These novel findings delineate molecular mechanisms of vascular injury in hypogonadism and identify hyperspadius as a cardiac risk factor in males. The contribution is accompanied by an editorial by Nicole Krankel from the Charité Universitätsmedizin Berlin in Germany. Krankel concludes that the study by Lucas Herold et al. stresses the intricate interaction between sex hormone action at different development stages and lifetime cardiovascular risk. Even after surgical solution of the cosmetic problem, the postulated presence of predisposing molecular patterns and underlying or confounding factors requires our attention in view of improved cardiovascular risk screening and management. The dynamics of plaque evolution and stability are shaped by an interplay of factors that promote or mitigate atherogenesis. Preclinical evidence implicates lectin-like oxidized low-density lipoprotein receptor 1, or LOX1, in key steps of the disease process. Indeed, initially described as the main scavenger receptor for endothelial oxidized LDL uptake, LOX1 is increasingly acknowledged as a key factor determining plaque progression and stability. LOX1 and its shedding product, soluble LOX1, or S-LOX1, are implicated in atherosclerotic cardiovascular disease, or ASCVD, pathogenesis. In another clinical research article entitled Soluble Lectin-like Oxidized Low-Density Lipoprotein Receptor 1 Predicts Premature Death in Acute Coronary Syndromes. Simon Kralo and colleagues from the University of Zurich in Switzerland examined the relationship of SLOX1 to both fatal events and plaque progression in patients with acute coronary syndromes, or ACS. Plasma SLOX1 was assessed at baseline in ACS and chronic coronary syndrome, or CCS, patients, prospectively recruited in the multicenter SPUM ACS study with sex and age-matched healthy subjects serving as additional controls, n equaling 2,924. Compared with both CCS and controls, ACS patients showed markedly elevated SLOX1 levels, median 2.00 and 2.00 versus 35.08 picograms per milliliter, p being less than 0.0001, which were independently associated with increased mortality risk over 30 days, top versus bottom tertile, adjusted hazard ratio 3.11, p equaling 0.0055, and at one year, adjusted hazard ratio 2.04, p equaling 0.0098. Results remain consistent after adjustment for GRACE 2, adjusted hazard ratio 1.86, 95% confidence interval 1.04 to 3.74, P equaling 0.0391, and were primarily driven by the pronounced relationship of SLOX1 with cardiovascular mortality at 30 days, adjusted HR 3.81, P equaling 0.0036, and at one year, adjusted hazard ratio 2.29, P 
95% confidence interval 1.19 to 5.34, P equaling 0.0148. In ACS patients undergoing serial intercoronary imaging and statin therapy, SLOX1 dropped significantly in those with coronary plaque regression at one year and showed good discrimination for predicting plaque progression, area under the curve equaling 0.74, P equaling 0.0031. Crowler and colleagues conclude that plasma SLOX1 levels are increased during ACS and predict fatal events beyond traditional and emerging risk factors. Persistently high SLOX1 associates with coronary plaque progression in patients with established ASCVD. The contribution is accompanied by an editorial by André Sposito from the State University of Campinas, Unicamp, in Sao Paulo, Brazil. Sposito concludes that there is accumulating evidence indicating a strong relationship between SLOX1 and the presence and complexity of coronary artery disease. Kraler et al. have demonstrated an even more relevant role for SLOX1. The prediction of the risk of death after ACS in an additive way to risk algorithms and traditional biomarkers. Considering the findings of Crowler et al. and the above-mentioned mechanistic data, it's reasonable to infer the existence of multiple and complex interactions involving both the myocardium and the arterial wall. From where we stand now, SLOX1 must be considered among the potent prognostic biomarkers for CVD, particularly during the acute inflammatory response such as in patients with ACS. Macrophages perform both pro- and anti-atherogenic functions depending on their programming. Rewiring macrophage transcriptional states is an attractive therapeutic strategy for cardiovascular disease. The transcription factor interferon regulatory factor 5, or IRF5, is a master regulator of macrophage activation, important in murine atherogenesis. Its role in human atherosclerosis and its complications are unknown. IRF5 drives macrophages towards a pro-inflammatory state. In a translational research article entitled Interferon Regulatory Factor V Dependent CD11C Plus Macrophages Contribute to the Formation of Rupture-Prone Atherosclerotic Plaques Andreas Edsfeld and colleagues from the Lund University in Malmö, Sweden investigated the role of IRF5 in human atherosclerosis and plaque stability. Bulk RNA sequencing from the Carotid Plaque Imaging Project Biobank were used to mine associations between major macrophage-associated genes and transcription factors and human symptomatic carotid disease. Immunohistochemistry, proximity extension assays and heliocytometry by time of flight, or CITOF, were used for validation. The effect of IRF5 deficiency on carotid plaque phenotype and rupture in APOE knockout mice was studied in an inducible model of plaque rupture. IRF5 and ITGAX stroke CD11C were identified as the macrophage-associated genes with the strongest associations with symptomatic carotid disease. Expression of IRF5 and ITGAX stroke CD11C correlated with the vulnerability index, pro-inflammatory plaque cytokine levels, necrotic core area, and with each other. Macrophages were the predominant CD11C-expressing immune cells in the plaque by Cytov and immunohistochemistry.
IRF5 immunopositive areas were predominantly found within CD11C plus areas, with a predilection for the shoulder region, the area of the human plaque most prone to rupture. Accordingly, an inducible plaque rupture model of APOE knockout IRF5 knockout mice had significantly lower frequencies of carotid plaque ruptures, small necrotic cores, and fewer CD11C plus macrophages than their IRF5 competent counterparts. The authors conclude that using complementary evidence from data from human carotid endarterectomies and a murine model of inducible rupture of carotid artery plaque in IRF5 deficient mice, they demonstrated a mechanistic link between pro-inflammatory transcription factor IRF5, macrophage phenotype, plaque inflammation and its vulnerability to rupture. The manuscript is accompanied by an editorial by Alexandra Newman, Yannick Sear and Catherine Moore from the New York University Grossman School of Medicine in New York, USA. The authors state that a notable aspect of the study by Edsfeld et al. is the integration of multi-omic analyses from unstable human lesions to identify clinically relevant targets against the key inflammatory processes that drive plaque rupture and its sequelae. Many pathways of relevance to murine atherosclerosis have failed to be translated into viable therapeutic strategies for human atherosclerosis. Importantly, the majority of mouse models used to study atherosclerosis do not recapitulate plaque rupture seen in humans. In this contribution, the authors used a reverse translation strategy to mechanistically test the role of IRF5, identified as a key factor correlating with plaque vulnerability in humans, in a mouse model of inducible plaque rupture. Combined, these approaches establish that IRF5 maintains a relatively small subset of cells within human lesions, CD11C plus macrophages, less than 1% of human carotid lesion area, contributes significantly to inflammation, and correlates with lesion instability. The rational targeting of pathways that contribute to pathological inflammation, such as IRF5, represent a powerful approach to reduce plaque rupture and associated adverse cardiac events, without interfering with immune defense against pathogens. The issue is also complemented by two discussion forum contributions. In a commentary entitled, Is there an increased incidence of subclinical proximal deep vein thrombosis after mild to moderate course of SARS-CoV-2 infection? Lars Müller and colleagues from the Dermatologicum Hamburg in Germany comment on the recent publication Multi-organ assessment in mainly non-hospitalized individuals after SARS-CoV-2 infection. The Hamburg City Health Study COVID program by Alina Laresa-Peterson from the University Heart and Vascular Center in Hamburg, Germany. The authors respond in a separate comment. The editors hope that this issue of the European Heart Journal will be of interest to its listeners.